We just began Perek Tesvav, and we had uh, started to hear about the mitzvah that Shaul the king was given to destroy Amalek, and we saw that there was in, also in the decree or in the instruction from Hashem to destroy Amalek, uh, Shaul's potential, pot- potential opportunity to redeem himself if he had done wrong in the past and do what Hashem wants this time. Okay, so that's, uh, that was the instruction that Shmuel gave him. And Shul goes to carry this out. So the boss says, yeah. No, the Malchus was really meant to come from Shevet Yehuda and from David Amelech. And that's the case. What, what could Shul have been? Had Shul listened to Hashem and had Shul done what he was meant to do, what would he have been? So the Ramban tells us uh, Yisoyed. And he says, just like we find with the Shvatim, that Yehuda was considered or meant to be the king of the brothers. But at the same time, we see Yosef was also a king. Right. There was Malchus from Beisle and there's Malchus from Beis Rachel. And so the same thing was meant to happen here too. There was meant to be Malchus from Beis Rachel, which was would have been Shaul, and Malchus from Beisle, which would have been Yehuda, which would have been David Amelech. Mm-hmm. And when the two would come together, so Yosef, just like in Mitzrayim, was a Mishnah Amelech. He was the second to the king. So the same thing as the Caesar Ramban would have happened here. Had it been the way it was meant to be, so then David would have been, so to speak, the primary king, and Shaul, or Shaul's family, would have been the second looking at him, and we saw this, Yenison, Shaul's son, who was really, you know, the crown prince, was, uh, understood that too, like we see later on, and he tells that to David Melech clearly, he says, you'll be the king, and I'll be your missionary, I'm going to be your second in command. Obviously, Yenison never realized how, how tragically the story would end, but uh, that's what he expected, because he understood that would be the position that Shaul's family would play. So Shaul's given the instruction to destroy Amalek, and Shaul sets up to do that. So he has to raise the army first. So the Pasuk says in Pasuk Tadad, Vayisham Shaul Asal. Shaul gathered the people. And he wanted to know how many soldiers he had. Vayifkadayim Batlayim. So he counts them with sheep. Why would he count them with sheep? So we know that there's an Isid account, Kai Israel, in numbers. And uh, therefore, just like the, in the Torah, the way to count Kai Israel was with a half a shekel. So over here the Pasuk says that he counted. He counted Klai Israel, but he counted them with sheep, uh, which is a bit surprising. A sheep isn't as easy to use as a half shekel, and uh, definitely it's uh, more expensive than a half shekel. Why was that what Shaul used as a way to count the people? So the Targum here, the Targum Innocence, is an amazing thing. He says the sheep that he counted them with were carbon Pesachs, which means the story happened in Pesach time, and therefore every person has to bring a carbon Pesach. And Shaul utilized the carbon Pesach as a way of counting Kalisra. Now, that itself is a is not something which is unheard of because we find much later on in the time of Yeshua he also wanted to count Kalisra and did it the same way. He counted how many carbon Pesach Kalisra brought. And based on that oh, but based on that uh, based on that, so that's how I knew how many people there would be. Now if we understand that principle, so it's hundred percent right, but before I ask you a question, I'll ask a different question, which is the Hasm Service question. The Chassam Sofer asked the question. The Chassam Sofer says that when Shaul counted the people, he came out with Mosayim Elif Ragdi, 200,000 soldiers. And Vasera said off Mesesh, 10,000 from Yehuda, which means 210,000 soldiers. Asked the Chassam Sofer, one second, where was everybody? Where was everybody? There are much more Jews than that. And even Shaul himself, a two prakim ago, when he went to fight against Nachash, the king of Ammon, he raised an army of 300,000 soldiers and 30,000 from Yehuda. 
So now he's down from 3.30 to 2.10. And why does the Chassan Sofa ask the question? Because the Rambam Paskins that the mitzvah to destroy Amalek is a milchemes chayva which everybody has to participate in. And therefore it's not just the standing army and it's not just the minimal troops of Yenisbrot, it's a mitzvah on everybody. And he says, I feel the famous Lashon Rambam, which everyone has to quote, I feel a chassan mechadra, which means normally a chassan for the first year is part of him going to war. Says the Rambam, Milchemes Amalek is an exception. And the Chosm will get the Chedi Yichud if he needs to go fight Amalek. So, as the Chosm Zoyfa, so where was the rest of Tayyish? What happened? Now, the Chosm Zoyfa is his own answer, we'll get to that soon. But before that, the simple answer would be Western from Tagu Anderson, and that is that he's counting sheep. He's counting sheep. Not every person ate a whole carbon pesach. A carbon pesach was brought with the, with the group. And if he's counting carbon pesach as a way of Knowing how many soldiers there are already, they're going to be much more than that. There's going to be, this is the amount of sheep that he counted, which is more than a sheep to a soldier. So if it's every base I've brought a sheep, then there'll be many more than that. How do you count carbon Pesach? There's a dinner with the carbon Pesach. It has to be eaten. Or it has to be burnt in his back. So when Yeshua Melech later on counted Kaisha using the carbon Pesach, he told the Karnim to count the kidneys because. Counting. Kidneys, because the kidneys. When the Navi talks about it, talks about the time of the Nuachim. So then it says there that uh, they counted the the, the clients because that was the way that the Karnim had a number of how many they were bringing up. So we have to tell you that's something similar over here. In which case, we see an interesting second point, and that is that the Milcham of Amalek was if this was the army and the, and Shal used the army counting Korban Pesach so then the Muhammad and Mike must have been either the day of Erev Pesach itself or maybe the day after Yom Tov on Cholamot that would have been the time to fight Amal we'll see why, see why that's significant ok so that's, the, that's how Shal counts the people and he gets to like we said only relatively less than the Pesach on other occasions only 210,000 people now, the Chassam Sofa, we asked, like we said before, asked the question, how come there were so few Jews in the army? The Chassam Sofa gives a different answer. And uh, it's really an answer which is an interesting halachic question. And the Chassam Sofa says that the din is that before the Jews go to battle, so we have the Koyin HaMashiach who gets up and he says, anybody is afraid, anybody who has done a virus, no, rather don't come. Go back home again. So, Shaul's army... Well, this is what was left after everybody else had marched home. And if that's the case, says the Chosm Sefer, and Lachanami, if you're going to mobilize entire Jewish people, there would have been many more than just the 210,000 that Shal managed to put together. But once he had sent back anybody who was worried that they might have done something wrong, so this is who's left. So the first thing is the Chosm Sefer's holding, obviously, that that din of whoever's afraid to go home applies to Lachem Samarik as well. In other words, it's a Chiddush in that. Because we just said before, the Torah when it talks about uh, who we send home, well, the first category of people we send home is anybody who's gotten engaged, and anybody planted a vineyard, and anybody built a house. So all those people go home. And now out of whoever's left, anyone who has done a virus, go home too. And then after we've separated all those various uh, groups of people and sent them home, whoever's left, that's the army. Now we just saw previously, there are among Paskans, when it comes to Mechana Kamarek, there's no getting out of the battle because you've gotten married. In Kalbuchem, if you just got engaged, you get married. So the first three things definitely wouldn't apply with Lachem Samarik. But it came to sending home people because of new houses or new vineyards or new wives, that, that doesn't work. So, now you're going to ask the question. 
does the provision of Yarev In other words, that's for a different reason. We worry that people who have done Averis won't deserve Hashem's protection, because that's a, would that apply here too? Would that apply here too? So the Chassan Sofa obviously held it would apply here, and that's why he said that uh, there were so few soldiers left because everybody else went home. But I guess the blister, we said there were 330. Now the question is obviously what changed. When you're talking about, if, if that would be a requirement before the battle, so then just a few months previously, just a few months previously, Shaul had gone to fight Amon, and then he had 330,000 people. And then for sure, Amon wasn't the Mechemes Mitzvah. So for sure, he had to say, ever was afraid to go home. And not, not, not that many, not as many people did. So what changed now? That there were so many more people who were quick to run home. Coming from that story with the eating the meat. And the answer is that there are two reasons we can say what Israel have done wrong in the interim, and both involving the middle battle with the Plishtim, and that is both if we take the possible literally to mean, like the Gemara's first opinion is, that a person is too afraid of a battle. Option number one. And option number two, in the Gemara's second opinion, Rabbi Akiva, and that is a person is Yarim Averi Well, in the meantime, there was a battle against the Plishtim. And Klai had reason to fear on both counts. Firstly, as we know, in the battle against the Plishtim, the Klai all abandoned ship. They all ran away and left Shaul came out by himself. They all crossed the yard and they went to hide in whatever caves they could. So if you're talking about people who are now Yare to go to battle, then yes, there are a lot of people who had now become afraid to go to battle. And if you're talking about the fact of Averi Shabiyadam, so we see that the soldiers then did something wrong. They ate them the dam. Like we saw, whatever that means, whether it was Kochim, or whether it was a nether, or whether it was they didn't salt the meat, whatever they did wrong, they did wrong. But now there was Averi Shabiyadam. And therefore to go to battle again, there were many more people who were scared to feel that they were worthy of going to be saved in a battle. And that's why, according to Hassan Sofer, uh, Shaul had a smaller force than he had in the previous time because everyone else had left him. Okay, the but... The master shackle that we get nowadays is... That's the, the two explanations in the Pasuk. Um, the Adak argues with the Targum. We said the Targum says that he counted the Korban Pesach. Um, and the Adak says, the diet said that it was not necessarily the Korban Pesach. It was just something that everybody had. As you know, so farmers, all had sheep. So they brought the sheep with them to the battle so they could count... How many people were there with the sheep? And that doesn't answer why they needed sheep for that. Like we said, they could have taken money, they could have taken anything. Why, why did they have to use a sheep? Okay, that's the, that's the way Shaul works out the size of his army. And we see another Chiddush Lahalacha here, and that is that if Shaul was careful to count sheep and not people, that means even the Tzarech HaMitzvah, like going to battle, we can't count people directly. And this is also a discussion. Which which Adak himself brings up, and that is, is there a is it mutter to count Klai Yisrael directly the Tzarech, or is, in other words, the dinner you have to count Klai Yisrael via something else is only when you just want to make a general census. But if it's the Tzarech, like to go to battle to know how many people we we have, does one still have to one count them via something else or not? Like I said, it's not like in the So we have a counter Adak. We have a Rai from here that even for a Tzarech, one shouldn't count Klai Yisrael directly. Question. But the the chayyarus were based over. They went that one by one. So the shayla they even then mafoshim what they were doing. Were they just counting numbers, or was it giving people jobs as they went? Uh, you're a gunner, you're a footman, you're this soldier, you're that soldier. Uh, the, 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 it wasn't just counting how many, but it was uh, like apportioning them to whatever the department they would be part of as they went. Which would also be a part of what Hashem similarly does when He judges every person. 
That's exactly. You're going here, you're going here, you're doing this, you're doing that. Okay. It's funny because you clearly count the sheep when you right. take miser. Yes. You have to count. 100% to get to the, to the sheep. Right. Okay, so that's, uh, that's how Shal gathers the people. Now, by Yahweh, Shal Adir Amalek. Shal comes to the city of Amalek. It was in South Eretz Yisrael, as we're going to see. And they had their own, it doesn't say it was a country, but they had their own city. Bayarev Banachal. Bayarev literally means he fought, but in Nachal is in the valley. Now, it's a bit hard to say that Shal fought because he hasn't yet gotten to the fight. It only comes in two seconds time. And therefore, you have to explain it simply, which means he prepared to fight in the Nachal. Now, as he set up his legions to fight, and then before that, he's going to tell, like we've seen in the next part, he's going to tell the Kenyan to move out of the way. They don't get caught in the crossfire and got caught in the battle. But it's, uh, it doesn't mean he fought yet. It just means he prepared to fight. So he deployed his army in the, in the, in the Nachal, in the valley between where he was and the city of Amalek. The Midrashayim and the Gemara says something else. That Vayara Banacha means that he, he fought with himself. Rabim Atzmai. What about? Says the Gemara, Yomal al Iske Nachal. What's Nachal? There's a din in the Torah, and if you find the person who's been killed, and we don't know who killed him, so we make a big deal out of it, and we bring a Sanhedrin down, and they have to measure who's the nearest city, and then the Kain of that city have to come, and they have to declare this has nothing to do with us, we're not responsible, we don't know who the murderer is, and then we take the Egla, a calf, and we take it down to a Nachal, and we break its neck, it's called the Egla Rufa. And we said it's a kapara for bloodshedding Tarisha. Now, what's it going to do with us here? So Shaul said to himself, We see from the dinner of this Nachal how much of a big deal it is that one person gets killed. That it involves the whole procedure which involves the Zakayim and the Sanhedrin and the Karnim and everybody. One person gets killed, so it's not a small thing to kill a person. And if that's the case, so I'm into destroying the entire, entire civilization, the entire nation of Amalek. Like how can that be the right thing to do? Now, that's the Gemara. That's the Gemara. And the question is, besides the fact that obviously we know Shul was wrong, Hashem told him to destroy the Holy Mark, so why are you making Hashemunus about it? In other words, just the thought of trying to uh, think about, is it right or wrong to do what Hashem wants me to do? That itself is wrong, because Hashem gave him a clear instruction. But we have to understand, even assuming that Shul did want to rationalize whether he should or shouldn't do it, but what's the logic and what do you say? You can't compare the difference between somebody who gets killed in a tragic setting, not during a war, by, you know, in, in a, by murderers within Klai Israel, that of course you want to make, a, well, we want that to stop that happening. And therefore we're going to make enough of a, a, a big event out of it that will, will show people the severity of murder. So a case where we're talking about fighting enemies, why would that, why would that be similar to the case of of the of the Egla Rufa, the case of somebody who got killed by criminals. Well, 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 what's the comparison that Shaul was trying to draw? Even we can't we're not comparing like and like. Here we're talking about an enemy, and we're going to fight an enemy. What's it going to do with a person who died tragically, who was one of our own, it wasn't an enemy? So we have to see. first. What Shaul's, so to speak, that internal dilemma was, why I found it so difficult to fight a monarch and. Why this was the the justification that he felt he had not to obey exactly what Hashem said. But in the meantime, so Shaul has this internal conflict. What's he going to do about Amalek? And uh, in the meantime, he says, 
Shaul says, the Kenya, the Kenya is the descendants of Yisrael. And what were they doing there? So the, the Apostle told us in Sefiyah, Shreftim already, that the descendants of Yisrael went from Yerichai, which is where Tzadish was first when they came to Israel, they went to the Negev. They went to the south of Israel to learn Torah there. As now, Marek was in the south of Israel, And uh, therefore, he's telling them to, you know, you're going to get in, in the way of the battle between us and Marek. So, Shaul says to the Kaini, the Chu, in case you get killed together with him. And uh, definitely the children of Israel didn't deserve that. You did a table for Thai Israel when they came out of Mitzrayim. As we know that they came to join us. So the Kenny, which means the Bnei Yisrael, they, they de- detach themselves and separate from the Amalek. So now, this is a very unusual thing we find. On the one hand, we have Amalek, our arch enemies. Our Anak, we, we mentioned destroy. And now we've mobilized an army. I mean, we've mobilized an army to destroy Amalek. At the same time, the Bnei Yisrael, who are, so to speak, our friends, they're living with Amalek. They're living in the same place. And she also tell them, listen, you're, you know, you're in the firing zone. Get out of the place where Amalek is, because otherwise you're going to get killed as well. Why was why would Bnei Yisrael living with Amalek? They were part of Bnei Yisrael. So why would they be, so to speak, in the same place that Amalek was? That now Shoals has to tell them, leave Amalek because leave Amalek because otherwise you're going to get hurt together with them. And this is the only time we find this. We find this another time also. If you remember the story of Sisra. The story of Sisra. Sisra was also our enemy. Sisra was the one who oppressed us, and we Yisrael raised an army to fight Sisra. And now, when we win miraculously, and uh, Sisra is running for his life, where does he run to? He runs to the Yael Aishas Chaver Akeni. Why? Because Kishalim Ben Chaver Akeni or Ben Yovin Melechatzer. Yovin was our enemy at the time. He was oppressing us, and yet the children of Yisrael they got on with him. They were friends so much so that Sisra thought he'd find refuge. You now he trusted that. The house of Chavra Kenny would be more loyal to him than to Kal Yisrael. So if he needed somebody to hide him and to protect him, he ran there for protection because he thought they wouldn't give him up to Kal Yisrael. Oh, that's not what happened. They did give him up to Kal Yisrael. But uh, why was there, we saw him both times by Bnei Yisrael, that even though Be'etim, they were Gerim, they, they joined us. And uh, you see, Shoals is about the Mosul. He did Chesed with Kal Yisrael. And yet, they're always on good terms with their enemies. It's an unusual thing. And there, here we say that there were in the south by Amalek, there they were in the north, by Yavim Melech was in the north of Eretz Yisrael. They were up there as well. And again, they, they were friends with the enemy. How do you understand it? Both here and there. That uh, we see that Tafka and Yisrael were Ke'ilu on good terms with their enemies as well. So, this is part of maybe a bigger discussion of Yisra and his family, which the Torah only presents us one small slice of. Because we know that Yisra, as Yisra the Tzadik, the Ger, who gave up everything he had and came to join the Jewish people. Of course, that's Yisra's mind. We also know that before that, Yisra was on the other side. Besides being a Koymer of Avodah but we know that Yisra was one of Pharaoh's three advisors. Yisra was one of Pharaoh's three advisors. In fact, we are in the sixth Pasuk, Pasha, Pasha's Bedom. Bedam says he sees the Yaris Akeni, the same Kenny, and he sees the children of Yisrael have joined Klai Yisrael. 
and he says, and Rashi brings on the parasha this way, You were with me before. Yisra, you were one of the advisors against the Jewish people with me in Mitzrayim. Have you changed sides? Have you joined the Jewish people? And he said, you did. Bilam says more than that. He's talking in the voice. He says, you made the right move. You did the right thing by joining Klai Yisra. And uh, that, the Maisa, that there was that switch around. That uh, Yisra originally hadn't been necessarily a supporter of the Jewish people. Quite the contrary. He was an advisor of Pharaoh. There was a change. Yisra was honest enough to admit the MS. And when he saw what happened in Mitzrayim, so Yisra understands the MS enough that he's going to now switch to, to supporting Klai Yisra and to joining Klai Yisra. And that's why also the Pasuk says that after Moshe tells Yisrael everything Hashem did for Pari and Mitzrayim, Vayichad Yisrael. And Lashem Vayichad is a double language, as we know. In, in Aramaic, the word Chad means happy. So Vayichad Yisrael, if you're going to translate it in Aramaic, means Yisrael is happy. But in Hebrew, Lashem Nagrashi says in the Pasuk, Vayichad is Lashem Chidudim. Yisrael started to tremble. Why? Because I was on that side too. It wasn't just the simcha of, wow, look at the Shemit for Kai Yisrael. He saw the other side also. Now, those were the people he was with before. And he saw what happened to them. So there was that duality in the role Yisrael played. Now, it's interesting that even after the, the Bnei Yisrael joined Kai Yisrael, so Kai Yisrael's enemies still saw them as somebody that they could try to befriend. Still saw them as somebody they could try to befriend because they knew the other Yisrael. They knew the Yisrael who had been like them. And in Bilam's Nebo also, he puts the two together. Vayaris Akeni, Vayaris Amalek. So he talks about the two, so to speak, and he says, look at the difference. Amalek remains our, the enemy, and Yisra tried to join with him. Obviously, B'nai Yisra didn't feel that it was a stereo. It was a, it was a contradiction. So on the one hand, having trained Klai Yisra, on the other hand, maintaining good relations with the enemy. The master, they never used it against us. Even in the case of Sisra, when, like I said, Sisra felt comfortable enough to run to the house of Chavar Akeni, to save him, the should they killed him. They all killed him and gave him to him, brought to Dvarim Barak to show that she, what she had done. But uh, there, were, there was that, so to speak, connection that the, even the Klaishal enemies still had, so to speak, to the house of Yisrael. They felt that they, they still could connect to them. Now, if that's the case, then the first thing we see is like this. The campaign against the Malik, the campaign against the Malik, the first thing that we could say, again, to, in Shul's justification that he was worried about, was that it wasn't just the Malekim in the city of Amalek. You see, there were the Bnei there too. There could have been other people there also. And that's what Shul was worried about. Amalek deserved to get killed. But how do I know they're all Amalekis? Maybe the innocent people are going to get caught up in this battle also. And now why is that important? Dafka over here. Shul fought other battles too. He fought the Pishtim, he fought Amon. He didn't have these like pangs of conscience every time he fought somebody else, like, maybe I'm going to kill innocent people. Why Dafka by Amalek? And the answer is Pashat. Because every other time he went to war, he went to fight an army. Okay, so the soldiers that you're fighting are attacking you. So we don't have to try and differentiate who's against me, who's for me, who's Tzadik, who's a Russia. Any enemy soldiers are Russia, they're all trying to fight us. Of course, you have to, we have to kill whoever we can. Whereas when it comes to Amalek, you're now going to destroy the whole people. Not just the soldiers. And the Shmuel's mitzvah was go into the city and destroy man, woman, and child. Everybody. Well, I don't know the Olamadakim. Maybe there's some innocent people there too. How am I meant to know who's who? And therefore, Shaul was worried. You know, Amalekis, Besaida. Look at Amalekis. But how do I know Amalekis? Maybe some people are not Amalekis. Horiah. Yusuf's children are living there also. So then Shaul knew who to talk to. He said, get out of the way. Otherwise, you're going to get killed. I won't know who's who. And they did. But there could have been other people there also. 
And therefore, the first way to understand Shaul's hesitation, again, he wasn't trying to argue with the Navi, but he had a real, he had a suffix. You see from the case of Egla Rufa that the danger of killing an innocent person. And therefore, Shaul wasn't worried about the Amalek. Maybe they should kill Maybe the innocent people. How do you see by Egla Rufa? That you see that the, the Gemara says that when someone gets killed, and we, and we don't know who it is, we bring the Sanhedrin down, we bring the Kohenim down, and we bring the Basin down, and we bring everybody down to make a big deal because somebody got killed who wasn't meant to die. So Shaul said, I'm going to go destroy the whole city. Maybe there are going to be innocent people in the city. Why didn't they come out to, why didn't they come out to Suge of Egla Rufa to see the importance of, you see, we know the importance of human life because we know the importance of human life because of Suge of Egla Rufa, and especially because he was going to, he was going to, by mistake, kill the whole the, nation. The Yeshiva Egli Rufa is not just that the murderer did something wrong. We don't know who the murderer was. But we see when someone gets killed, then the whole Kaisal makes a big deal that someone got killed for nothing. So that, that's, this, on that, Charles saw, you see that even if we ever had to kill, but if someone innocent is going to get killed, look what a big deal it is. So I, and I, I, can't, yeah, I can't blame my soldiers. I'm telling them to kill everybody. But if someone innocent is going to get killed, that, that, that you see how serious it is. How am I going to make sure that no innocent people get killed? Okay, that's the first part of the discussion. That would explain that Shul wasn't coming to argue with Shmuel. It wasn't that he doubted like, how could I do what Hashem told me to do? But even doing what Hashem told me to do, he still had reason to doubt. Maybe I'm going to do something wrong. That's the first point. Uh, Hashem, tomorrow night, we'll go back to, we'll see the Hemshach of the Psukim of the war, and we'll see another meaning which Shul had of, of what he was worried about, and why he had a hesitation to go back.